Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 170 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who just wants everything with me tonight? Me, Nate McClellan. <laughs> me, Reese Manick, as well. <laughs> Welcome back, both of you. <laughs> thank you. Hello, thank you. Thanks for and having Reese. me back and us back. <laughs> <laughs> and Reese, where can people find you at? You can find me at, at Side Group Games on Twitter. I make weird little indie games. Uh, one of those games is Throw Me in the River. It is on Steam. You can buy it. I'm also working on something new right now, but I'm not able to talk much about it yet. <laughs> yeah, that's a joy. It's Elden of... Ring 2. It's Elden Ring it, <laughs> It's out of me. I was trying to keep it quiet, but I am, in fact, working on Elden, Elden Ring 2 as well. Uh, I'm assuming it will get a sequel at this point, no matter what. So I'm sure it's happening right now. So we are, here to, we are here to talk about a game that's been on my list for well over, I think, 17 years at this point. I've been meaning to play this game, and that's why it's on the show. Uh, we are here to talk about James Bond 007 Everything or Nothing, a we title... We messed up the intro. We should have said our last names first. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, it's too late now. <laughs> it's it's the new James that. Bond era. <laughs> <laughs> well, it came out in 2004 for GameCube, Xbox, PS2, that whole era. There's also a Game Boy Advance game, too, for it, which I did not play for this episode. I played some... a little bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> and this was developed by EA Redwood Shores. and I, forget, I think they went on to make Dead Space, if I remember correctly. They did. Uh, I yes. can run down a few of their titles, actually. They made Agent Under Fire before this, mm. the, another Bond title that is a very unique one. It's it's running on the Half-Life 1 engine. They made Lord of the Rings, The Third Age. They made The Godfather oh, wow. game. Oh. And they also did wind up making the entire Dead Space trilogy. So, yeah, they made some cool stuff, actually. That's crazy. I didn't know uh, they did Visceral, the Visceral Lord of the Rings game. game. Yeah, was the, was their rename. Okay, I've I, I've always wanted to play the Third Age. That has been on my list to play that game also for years. One day I'm gonna make myself play it. It's pretty interesting. Show. Yeah, I, I know say people... it's good, but <laughs> I, I, I it's, it does it it does do some cool things. So Nate, do you have any old memories of this game mm -hmm. from? Like, have you ever played it back in the day before I approached you for this? Ah, uh, I have. It is one of my most like. Games that I look back upon and I'm like, dang, that should get like a remake or a remaster because I just want to play it on modern consoles. I have a lot of fond memories. My older brother and I would play this and we would uh, go for like the platinum relics, I guess. I don't know what to call them, but you get like little <laughs> you get rated at the end of missions. We'd always go for the platinum. We'd I've played it like three or four times before this. So a lot oh, of good damn. memories of this game. OK, oh, what about you, Reese? Uh, yeah, I, I played it when I when I was growing up. I, I did pick this one up. I didn't get incredibly far into it. I think I got about to the mausoleum level where you're kind of running between like the, you know, you've got the, the church bell tower and you've got all the different graves everywhere and stuff. I, I played to about there and got stuck when I was a kid. And it wasn't until a couple years ago when I decided to play the entire Bond video game franchise in a <laughs> row that I, I got around to playing this game in its entirety. So that's the first time I beat it. So this was the second time. Okay. This was my first time. I went over to a friend's house back in 2005. I'm pretty sure it was around that time. 
and maybe it was even maybe it was 2004. And I remember he put this in his GameCube. He's like, oh, hey, you know, he was showing me his collection. He was showing me this game. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. I'm going to play this one day. And I had just never, I never got around to it. When the show first started, I put it on the list of potential games for the show. I'm like, I need to play this finally. And we just never did it. And then finally, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to finally play this damn game. And that's my memory of it. All I, I just remember seeing the, the scene he showed me was the, the level where you're driving down the highway chasing after Jaws. Mm. He showed me that level. Mm. Yep. That's, that a had, good, that's a good level to show. Yeah, it is. That always stuck with me. Yeah, yeah, there was like replaying it. There were certain times where I'd come across a mission and I'd be like, ah, yes, I remember this now. Yeah, it is one of those games where the missions are so are, are pretty diverse. So every time you hit a different one, you're like, oh, this is a whole other set of memories. Like, I, I definitely remember <laughs> playing this level. Yeah. <laughs> it's also a very early third person cover shooter, I want to say, when they don't yeah. really know what they're doing yet. Yeah, let's talk about that. So, Switch is the first game that has Mm -hmm. a cover shooter button where you're entering cover and blind fire. Switch comes out at the very end of 2003. This game comes out at the very beginning of 2004. And I just want to say, I've played Switch. It has not aged as kindly as this game. So, while this doesn't get to claim it's the very first one, I think this one is the best of that era by a wide margin. It's it's much better than Kill Switch. Okay. But you know, you don't, bl- I never, I know, I think you, I never blind fired in this one. I mean, I would cover all the time and then pop on a cover and shoot people, but I never blind fired. Yeah, I, I didn't do it often either, but this one does have the, you know, it has the cover button and it does have, you know, jumping out of cover the way that you expect of a modern shooter outside of the whole, holding the left trigger to stand out of cover the way that, you know, Gears of War and Uncharted sort of wind up pushing things. Yeah. The And the issue with the, the combat, or at least the shooting that took a bit to get used to, is in this game, it's all about locking on. You have to lock on to an enemy, and mm-hmm. then you can fire them. And the lock-on isn't out. Usually it's pretty good, but every so often it goes, you want to hit this guy, like, you know, 30 feet away, not the three guys in front of you. No, you want to hit that guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's not always uh, perfect, for sure. No, I mean... <laughs> And you can't really aim without it otherwise. I mean, the game was designed just for that, which yeah. I get it. I was just going to say that always threw me off because, like, you know, you get, like, Uncharted, you can, like, run and gun, and then you can lock on if you want. So, like, sometimes I'd be running straight, and then a guy would pop out, and I'd be like, I'm just going to shoot you, but Bond would, like, shoot the wall. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I'm a trained MI6 agent. <laughs> yeah, no, Bond cannot shoot without it, without locking on anything. He just can't. Like, it's impossible for him. Yeah, that's very true. It also, you know, it doesn't, it has the thing where you are going to stay behind cover until you've pressed the fire button and then he has to come out of cover and then take the shot. And there are a couple of extra frames added there, but I will at least give this game a little bit of credit for making that a very brisk animation to the point where most of the time he does still hit his target. And I'm looking at GTA four by comparison and the (laughs) number of frames that Nico Bellic has to use to get out of cover and how often that would, uh, you know, result in him shooting a wall because the enemy had already ducked down by the time he comes out of cover. So this game doesn't do that. And it it feels, you know, pretty good for the most part. Okay. I still have never played Grand Theft Auto four. Well, let me tell you, there's a lot of, waiting for Nico to to complete animations before he can fire a gun. <laughs> <laughs> right. Another game it on my list forever. 
that I just never got around to yet. But like it, it, it worked out well. I mean, I once I got once I got used to the cover system, and I got used to the the controls. It wasn't mm. so bad. It just I had to understand the way the lock on system worked. Like I mean, especially later on in the game, I was doing a lot of baiting. I would do a lot of where I would run around and get them to cha- get them to start yelling at me, and then hide and just pick them off if they came to me. Because mm-hmm. yeah. if there's only one guy, he has no problem locking on. But, I mean, running into a room with, like, ten guys does not end well. You, I played it on easy, of course, and it does not end well. You can yeah, get game's massacred. Lot, game's a lot harder than I remember it being. Like, I must have just been really good at video games back then. Because, like, I can think of a few tough, missions. Yeah. yeah, like, I can think of a few missions where, like, as a kid, I remember going, like, oh, that's difficult. But, like, now I'm just, like... Like in the first mission, I was just dying a lot. The like, first mission so good <laughs> is hard. I and will like, say that that's like it's right before like the tutorial mission, so like you don't know what you're like. They give you like the basics first before they just let you go, <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, then the tutorial mission happens, and it's like, oh, it would have been nice to know about you know repelling <laughs> or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also like that it does that where it has like this little intro mission that has nothing to do with the main story because that's a bond thing that happens i don't remember what movie it starts it but it's a bond thing where the first thing you see him doing is some other mission that has nothing to do with the main story of the movie yeah mm-hmm. yeah so that's a very normal bond and i and i was happy to see that that in here it, it even though like you're in i think you're in korea or something i don't remember what the hell you're doing you do something with like a weapon or it doesn't doesn't money and it doesn't matter the story is almost incomprehensible the nano machines yeah going with pre-rendered cutscenes in particular i think was maybe too i mean granted a lot of people are not going to play this game wanting an in-depth story and i understand that but it is a detriment to the game's ability to tell an in-depth story because those cutscenes are each about a minute long if that most of the time shorter (laughs) so often giving you the information of what you're going to be doing is a matter of one character saying two lines and another character saying two lines and bond saying three lines so it's it's very very snappy it's very very fast and yeah the 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 story gets lost (laughs) i don't know what was happening most of the time in this game as a result (laughs) hey you gotta remember those lines are expensive i mean that's another thing i want to bring up that this is they got pierce brosnan back and they his likeness he did the this is i think he did the voices for this game they brought back uh, Judy Dench for M. They brought back mm-hmm. the guy that played Q. John Cleese. John Cleese. Yeah, they brought back uh, Jaws, uh, Richard Kyle. Yeah. Um, Which does not make sense in the timeline, but sure. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, an ex- it's an insanely expensive production. Yeah, I, I mean, had I Heidi Klum in there as well. Naming people, yeah, let's name, yeah, Heidi Klum. We've got oh, sorry. as the villain. Yeah. No, you're good. We've got maya the singer we've got shannon elizabeth so it's it's a lot of Why is shannon like <laughs> they made her she's on the cover of i mean she's in the intro cutscene when they play the, the the theme song everything or nothing to make it feel like a bond movie and i'm just like why her you know <laughs> just... she reminded me a lot of like her character design reminded me a lot of denise richards character from the world yes. not enough 100 percent, i agree with that too i thought the exact same thing when i saw the character i'm like you yeah it's just the outfit she's you know just everything it really i really like world yeah. not enough too by the way <laughs> the game or the movie the game i remember i liked but that was back then, uh, that was a long time ago the game is good i i like the movie's a guilty pleasure of mine all bond movies are just guilty pleasures there's not a bad bond movie except specter but <laughs> <laughs> i i stopped watching i haven't seen specter yet 
on my I, list. Yeah, yeah, I've got. I've, I also would. I rank Spectre quite low as well. Yeah, there's uh, there's so much potential there, and then it yeah. just it squanders it a lot. <laughs> like one thing um, about this game is they were going for the fifth Pierce Brosnan movie, essentially, which is what this this is meant to be in a way, I yeah. guess. Which is yeah. better than his last movie, Die Another Day. So. Uh, Once again, guilty pleasure. They brought on some some incredibly impressive writing talent as well. They brought Bruce Feirstein, who wrote Goldeneye, Tomorrow Never Dies, and The World Is Not Enough. They got Danny Bilson and Paul DeMio, who work as a pair. They've written quite a lot of stuff. Uh, They they wrote, granted, Goldeneye Rogue Agent comes out the next year, and they wrote that, and that script is a disaster. But they also wrote The Rocketeer, a movie that I like quite a lot. They wrote Company Heroes. They wrote Metro Last Light. And they wrote the original draft of The Five Blood. So, like, they got real people on this thing. And what's very interesting that I found is when you go through these designers and these writers and, like, everyone involved with the development of this game, including some of the actors, you will always see this game listed up at the very top of their Wikipedia page. Like, this game was (laughs) a big deal. There was yeah. so much money being thrown around. It's my, just why I we... don't know. I don't know how true it is, but my older brother would he has told me like when this game came out that it was supposed to be a movie, and then Brosnan didn't want to be Bond anymore, so they just turned it into a video game. But I don't think I I could not find any evidence to like corroborate that. <laughs> so. I don't know. Yeah, but having the original writer on there, you know, kind of at least points to maybe there was something Mm -hmm. along those lines happening. Right. I mean, it could fit as a a script for a Bond movie, too. I mean, the plot, kind of what you're going for. Like, it's it's a basic Bond movie plot, you know, so. It is. Yeah. And then you have, I mean, part of the whole story is that he's going after the apprentice of the villain from God the Hell of that movie. Yes. Which which is, is... Mm, not a good film that is well (laughs) i i loved that connection to it though in the game and like i completely forgot about it until i started like until i just played it for the show and i was like oh i was like that's right like that's really cool i just thought it was funny that they chose that movie to to you know have this guy be apprentice of that villain i'm just like christian Watkins. i'm just like okay i mean why not choose like goldeneye like he's apprentice of omarov or something that like i'm like all right Whatever. <laughs> or all the other movies that have more famous characters, but they chose that one. I don't know. But, it, I mean, it works fine. I mean, I thought it was cool they got William Defoe to be a villain in this, because, you know, he makes a perfect villain. <laughs> he's he's having fun, too, just doing his goofy, bad Russian accent. Um, yeah. it's, I, it's a pretty ridiculous did you guys <laughs> Did you guys notice his little ponytail? Yes. yes. Like, <laughs> I, I had. I don't think I'd ever noticed that until this time, and I was like, "Oh shit, he went all out." <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, the game. And the winning about the game also has like double seven moments. So as you're playing through a level, there's certain things you you can do to earn a double seven medal. Where like sometimes it'll be like shoot a bridge and knock a guy off it or something like. Just different little things like that the game wants you to do. I mean, it gives you hints what to do. I I didn't care, but it does give you hints. <laughs> Yeah, the, I I I like that because it just made me feel like Bond, I guess. Like it was like, oh yes, this is something that like you know he would do in a movie. Like he would shoot a chandelier and have yeah. it hit three guys and take them out. You know, like he wouldn't hide behind this pillar <laughs> and shoot them in the <laughs> knee. 
No, I mean, there were cool moments. And, like, a big part of this game is as you beat levels, you unlock medals, depending on how good you did. There are certain things you have to do to earn a platinum medal. And it has to do with all the unlocks, which is very much following what GoldenEye did. I didn't give one flying shit at all about it, but it was cool that it was there. This playthrough, I did not. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I didn't go for anything. (laughs) I did play a few levels on normal versus easy just to get a feel for, like, how different that experience was. It's... It's definitely a game that I enjoy playing on easy much more than normal. I'll say that. It's normal is quite <laughs> challenging. Uh, yeah. The additional objectives can kind of feel a little tough to figure out sometimes. It's a little vague, like where you need to go to accomplish some of them in the level. And easy just definitely just like is a very standard, like go through the level and kill the guys and do the ob- obvious objectives. And I enjoyed that a lot more. And it's also less hard. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I can, even on easy, this, I mean, I played the safe states, of course, and I would still get myself in some hairy situations where I had to, like, be real careful, and I'm just, yeah, so, I mean, that, that tells you right there how hard a game is. Yeah. And you can't oh, so, run through it. Yeah, let's mention that. I played on original GameCube, and I, I it, performance is rough, uh, especially on the driving levels. The game looks pretty good. It runs in progressive scan, so 480p, which I appreciate, and it does actually have a widescreen mode, so it looks quite nice on a good 1080 TV. But especially during driving sequences, you can dip into the 15 frames per second range. It's pretty rough. On-foot missions run pretty well overall. But yeah, I just noted that, like, oh, boy, these driving sequences are unnecessarily (laughs) difficult sometimes because you cannot tell what's happening. Especially when you start shooting the rocket. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I did have some slowdown on mine, but I played this on a, an emulator, so sometimes Dolphin just struggles when you do a whole bunch of stuff in a game. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, But maybe that was more the game itself, too, than not just Dolphin. Yeah, I think the optimization on the game, uh, you know, and you're running the GameCube version with Dolphin is a little hit or miss. Yeah, no, I mean, that's emulation. I mean, I don't mind that. Like, I, I accept that with emulation, that it can be hit or miss. Yeah. I mean, again, it's one of those things where this game never got re-released. Yeah. And it never will. <laughs> no, it really won't. It's so frustrating oh, that I'm these sh- bond games get trapped that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure l- the licensing must just be hell for this. Oh, God, yes, with all the different actors and actresses that they have. I mean, right there, there's, you know, the, the deals would have to be renewed. The music, I mean, yeah. this will never see the light of day again just because of that. Yeah, yeah, which is unfortunate because I feel like it could, if you just, like, polished it up, Made the sh- made the cover mechanics just a tad bit tighter. Uh, the lock on mechanics, like I think this would be a fantastic remaster and shit. It'd probably sell like a bunch of copies because I think everyone who played it has fond memories of it. You know, I I I mean there are a number of very fundamentally solid EA published Bond games, and it's this whole era that is yeah. just kind of gone because of the way that that deal works out. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's incredibly yeah. frustrating. I mean, that's why we haven't even really gotten GoldenEye had ever been re-released either for 64. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, talks keeps, to. it keeps getting hinted at this year, though. <laughs> yeah, but I'll, it's one of those things but where... I'll believe I mean, it when I see it yeah. on, on my Nintendo Switch. I go, yeah. Like, yeah. Is that you have to get approved in order to make this product a thing. You, you, you know, you might never Which, see it. Sidebar for GoldenEye... Uh, last year, and I think the levels have been taken down, but last year in Far Cry 5's level editor, someone remade the entirety of Goldeneye in it. <laughs> and I played through it, and it was fantastic. Like, surprisingly really well. 
really well designed and really well made. I mean, it's not like a one to one. You know, there's just some oh, yeah. stuff they, they, you know, they weren't the creator wasn't able to do. But just like every mission, you start and it's like a black screen, and then your objectives light up like how <laughs> the objective page and Goldeneye worked. And I was like, hell yeah, this is cool. Like I, I really liked playing that last year. Okay, that that would have that would have been fun. Yeah, uh, I miss. That's what made me love. 007 games. Well, I mean, that's the first one I think that I ever remember that I ever played was, you know, GoldenEye. And then I played World is Not Enough. And then I played Agent mm-hmm. Under Fire, but I never really got into either of those two Under Fire or Nightfire. I'm very into Nightfire and Under Fire. I love yeah. both of those games a lot. All, all of those old games, even Tomorrow Never Dies on the PS1, like we, we had all of them because we, like, my older brother and I were just like such big. Uh, Bond maniacs, you know, <laughs> we were like, we need everything, and yeah, like, I, I have a lot of good memories of those games, but I mean, I will say, like, with this game, the story was like, it didn't matter at all, something to do with nano machines. I didn't care, yeah. I just enjoyed going through every level the game <laughs> threw at me. I'm like, oh, a new level, all right, let's go. Like, I, I liked it, and I think you're fighting, I don't remember who the hell you're just fighting this guy's army most of the game, and this guy has a gigantic army, yeah. I mean, he just. He's got and a bunch the whole, of people who are excited about nanobots. Yeah, I so many fucking <laughs> nano. I mean, like the whole thing games about he has nano machines that because you help in in the first mission you help rescue the scientists who had these nano machines and she said they all got destroyed. She's like, oh, but one, and then she gives it to William Defoe's character, and then turns out she's evil, which reminds me of World's Not Enough, where you think that really, really beautiful woman is, you know, good, and turns out to be evil. Yeah, that's, a bond, that's a Bond staple. Yeah, but especially in World's Not Enough, man, I will, that, yeah. I can't remember the actress, but God, she's gorgeous in that movie. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I don't remember her name, though. Uh, but no, it just, I mean, levels are fun. Like, I enjoyed the third person running around shooting. I, you know, it has hand-to-hand combat, which I don't hate the hand to hand combat. It's not bad. Like it's very, very simple. But if you hit a guy close to a wall, you can then throw him against the wall and take him out in one shot, which is cool. Yeah, that in those environment takedowns, I guess, like if you're near like like walls or I think railings, too. I think I saw where like sometimes you would like grab them and like hit their head against the railing. And that's like. That was cool. That's cool shit, man. I love it when games have stuff like that. <laughs> like, yeah, and you never feel like you have enough ammo either in this game. Like, and that wasn't a bad thing. Like, I, I I'd have to switch weapons because every guy you yeah. kill will drop a few bullets, but you never get a whole lot. So you're constantly switching weapons sometimes just to keep going through this this you know huge amount of enemies you're fighting in this game. Yeah, and it didn't bother me. Yeah, it it just it adds to the gameplay of just like. Okay, I have two bullets in my PP9, and you know I'm gonna like shoot this dude, and then I'm gonna run up and punch this guy and take his sig, and then use that to like kill that guy over there. Like it just felt, it feels fluid. It doesn't yeah. feel like it's trying to hinder you. It's it's trying to get you to like experiment, I guess, with how you take down guys. Which was the nice. Game also, the game also has really strong animation throughout. Yeah. I love that rappel animation when you oh. run off a ledge. It is very satisfying. I, a weird thing is that they don't automatically have you rappel going up, and I never really understood why that was the case. It's very strange yeah. that they make you take out the rappel tool manually to go upwards, but not downwards. But yeah, when you get to like just run off a ledge and he throws that thing out, it's very cool. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of rappel, what about jumping off a cliff to try to catch a girl? Do you love that too? Didn't love that. Me either. There's a level where he throws off Shannon. What the hell is her name? Uh, yeah, Serena. 
Shannon Serena, you are right. It's uh, yeah. Serena St. Germain. The actress. Shannon Elizabeth. Okay, the one from American Pie, for those that are wondering why yes. that name sounds familiar. And you, there's one point where they throw her character off a freaking cliff and you have to like dive, dive after her, but it's a really stupid... I died so many times trying to figure out this part because you have you're not you're, it has guys you can shoot but you're not supposed to shoot because shooting makes you fall slower. You have to just move around objects and fall and and you'll hopefully catch it at the very end. It's a very it's, frustrating little sequence. It's, it's really bad. It's it not is, fun. but also it plays the James Bond theme while you're falling. And I'm like, <laughs> that was cool. God, that's so cool. Like you know. Uh, and I mean, this game, I, I, the story I thought was fine. Like it had reasons for everything happening. Like at one point you're trying to find double three, then double three is killed because they shoot him. Like it, it did a good job of giving you different mission that pushed the story on. It made sense. Yeah. It, yeah. It contextualizes what you're doing really well. Yeah. And it, it also did a good job of reusing levels a lot, like with the racing. I mean, there'd be a part where you drive around a certain, I forget what country you're in, but you drive around this town multiple times in different vehicles, trying to do different objects. Ob- objectives yeah like i always thought it was hilarious like oh you're gonna drop her off at the hotel they won't notice like come on now they're they're looking to kill her and you and you think they're not gonna check her hotel room all right that makes sense i remember having like a lot like those those missions in the city like when you're first there and you're like trying not to go uh get detected i remember having a lot of trouble with that as a kid Mm. but then i was like my car can turn invisible and like it just trivialized those sections like this playthrough. I was like, how I'm so dumb. Like I should have realized that as a kid. I could just turn invisible. Like instead of like long. like hiding like around a corner and like, okay, go now. Like Oh, my favorite is if you're getting chased and you turn invisible and you just move like right away from them, they're like, Oh, we lost them. Where yeah. are you? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, that stuff works really well. What I don't love about the driving is navigation because the map system is frustrating. You basically only have one, you you have a mini map that you can have up and the mini map does not show very much of this play space and it does not show routes in, in terms of where you need to go oftentimes. So you have another option, which is to plaster the map just over top the entire screen. And it's real ugly, and you just kind of often have to sit there with the map, obscuring most of what you're seeing while you navigate, which is not my favorite thing. It's Don't just love like that. in the past when you would have an atlas out while you drove. <laughs> it's, just so it's ridiculous, yeah. Oh, man. I mean... For some people, like, I, mean, I know like your grandfather three back when I was a kid. My buddy had that map memorized. Like if he if they told him to go somewhere, he knew exactly what roads to take with or without the map. He was just fine. So that always reminded me that. But I, I know what you mean. I didn't have a problem with it because I always felt like it gave me enough direction with the little mini map that I could figure out kind of where to go. I didn't even know you can make the giant map until I did it by accident a few times. <laughs> so I like I hadn't. I I mean I see where your I see where your issue is, but I, yeah. it didn't bother me per se. That's fair. That's fair. I actually really like I don't like driving in games. I don't like racing, but I I actually really enjoy the cars in this game. Like I was surprised how much fun those levels were for me. I they control well. Yeah, yeah, that was that's that's what surprised me is that uh, accelerate and brake were on the triggers and not A and B like yeah. a lot of games back then were where, you know, you were holding X or A and B to go forward and not, you know, the triggers. So, yeah, it it. it that held up a lot better just because of how driving is now in games. It was surprising. 
the whole game is built in the Need for Speed engine too, so that also kind of checks out. Like that that makes oh, sense. Oh yeah. One one note I took. There's a mission where you're getting out of an elevator with Q, and it's like the sh- a shot of like Bond and Q from behind, and how tall fucking John Cleese is. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, there's no in what world. I was like, is Pierce Brosnan that short? So I googled it. Like I googled Pierce Brosnan, I said it said six foot one inch. I was like, all right, that checks out. Then I googled John Cleese. That dude is six foot five inches tall. I was like, whoa! I didn't know that. I was like, what the shit? It's accurate too. That's funny. He did not have a long career as as Q though. (laughs) No, it was you know to be honest, like that original actor of Q was just iconic. Yes, he was, and and then he passed away. Unfortunately, during and then they, was not enough, I think. And then they switched to this guy. Then they switched. Then they then then you had the the Daniel Craig era where everything is like rebooted, which I, I am not a fan of the Daniel Craig era. Really, I just uh, I Quantum of Solace is not that good. Casino yeah. Royale is fine, but I I've never seen and how about that? Have you seen Skyfall? No, I've never. Is Skyfall? Which one is that? That one is the third uh, one after yeah after Quantum. That one I saw really Skyfall. Good. Skyfall was good, and then I never saw Spectre or the other one that came out after that. I have I need to see No Time to Die. I really like No Time to Die. Yeah, I've heard it. I I love Rami Malek, so like I was on board as soon as they announced him. I was like, all right, this one might be good. I don't know. I just I just had enough of. I, I Daniel Craig does not do it for me. I don't know. I really Pierce Brosnan is one of my favorites. Sean Connery, Pierce Brosnan, Roger Moore. I I, I really enjoy those three actors a lot as Bond. Do you guys want to know who the most handsome James Bond is? Sure, it's Timothy Dalton. But go on. <laughs> Timothy Dalton is good, good looking. It's Sean Connery, apparently. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, <laughs> I know that. I mean, he also was he was something else as Bond though too. Yeah. Uh, back to. Uh, uh, John- <laughs> <laughs> After that side tangent, the movies never really seemed to know what to do with Cleese as Q, and they never really were able to tap into his, uh, you know, talents as one of the leaders of Monty Python. I would say that that's retained here. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's a very dry character. His, oh, grow up, you know, like attitude. Yeah, yeah. Also, I do want to talk about the motorcycle in this game. Like, I... Even though I hate it when you hit something, because you pretty much just fly off it instantly, the motorcycle is great in this game. Like, it is a really good-feeling vehicle to drive. Yeah. yeah. As long as you don't hit anything. Let me... One one note I took was during the uh, Jaws highway chase, and you can slide under that truck, like, as it's exploding. And I was like, the note I put is, that's rad as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah... That motorcycle is really cool. That oh, mission that, is probably like I, one of the best missions in any game I've ever played. That level as far is as just like intensity damn. and just excitement. Like, oh, yeah, I didn't everything. know what button to hit to slide under the truck, so I just slammed into the truck like a bunny. Stupid, and I was like, that was dumb, and I drove off. That was that was in Austin Powers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding under the truck was cool. I mean, there's a, like two point, points in this game. You have to slide. I didn't do it very often. Yeah, it wasn't really my thing. I mean, I only did when the game made me, but I, I forgot about it too until the game had the big. Until I, it was, I did the same thing you did. I drove into an oh yeah, I can slide. I save state load. <laughs> it was one of those things. Like as I was playing, it was exploding, and then like 
a distant memory in my brain was like, you need to slide under the truck. And I was like, you're right. I should push this button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's just such a because you're chasing that because you fight Jaws a couple times, two or three times in this game. That's you like fight three, Jaws. yeah, yeah. Which is it's cool to see Jaws. I was re, I was watching some things about this game. They said he was only in this game because the guy that was in charge really liked Jaws. So he's like, I'm putting Jaws in my game. That's what it was. <laughs> there was no real reasoning for it. He just liked Jaws, which I don't blame him. I like Jaws a lot too. <laughs> but, for odd job though. Yes. Yeah, I would say yes. Oddjob's not much of a character, except for us being GoldenEye fans, we, we like Oddjob. He's got the hat. Yeah, but, I mean, he doesn't do it. All he does in that movie is he throws a hat, kills somebody, breaks a statue, and That's then gets the electrocuted. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets electrocuted. That's impressive. There's so many things. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no, it's... I, I, I really enjoy Jaws, and I, I enjoyed, like, the first time we fight Jaws is on a train. You have to, you have to knock him into electrical things, so he yeah. gets electrocuted. And then the I don't remember I don't remember another fight with him. I could have sworn there's another one, but I can't remember what it was off the top of my head now. There's, and then Yeah. There's a second one you fight him and I think I think it's kind of the same as the train. We have to knock him into something. Because the final fight with him with the jetpack, I remember that. Yeah, that was annoying. <laughs> that is annoying. Well not I mean not jetpack with the flamethrower. But yeah. I want to talk about but then the train chase where he has nano machines and he's going to I don't know. I don't know what the hell he was gonna do, but I just know that if I didn't, the game would fail. So I had to figure it out. <laughs> and like the first part, you're just chasing after this highway, and you don't even see him. And you have to go against oncoming traffic <clears throat> at one point, and it it is so it's such a good scene. And then chasing after him, using the flamethrower on his tires to stop him. Like I I was having so much fun. Another thing that stood out for me at that part, which I don't know if it was just Dolphin not playing the music, but there was no music. Like when I was on the highway, it's like I was going into oncoming traffic and I was like, man, this feels like it feels intense because there's no like underlying music to like add to the tension or something. It's just it's just quiet. And then once I like caught up the jaws, then like music started kicking in. And, you know, Judy Dench is like, he's almost to the end of the bridge or whatever. Yeah, it's it's a fun level. One level I want to talk about when you go to Mardi Gras. I thought this was a good, like, interesting, like change up level where the game I don't remember exactly what you're doing here. That That's irrelevant. But there's a point where you have to go and chase a guy to then get his truck. And then the game tells you that you have to oh. load your car in the back of a truck. Yeah. yeah. Well. And, <laughs> and I, the first time I did it, I didn't do it. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't seem right. So I unloaded my, I, I reloaded my safe state and then I put the car in there. What, what happens if you don't put the car in there? <laughs> yeah, so I'm here to talk about that. Um, <laughs> once, you've get, once you get in that truck, like if you hit the button to enter the truck, you can't leave the truck, unfortunately, which means that you can't go back to load the car into the truck. And obviously, because I'm playing on the GameCube, I didn't have the safe state. So you just drive the truck to the mission. Once the dude takes off, rather than unloading the Aston Martin and getting into it and chasing him, you just got to get back in the truck and you got to chase him down in the truck and you can't do any of the cool jumps or anything. You've got to stay on the roads and it's pretty slow, but I guess props to the designers for at least giving me enough time to make it possible because I was able to do it. But yeah, I had to continually ram the car with the truck and I had to do the whole rest of the mission just with the truck. Well, I'm and sure that they it, it was goofy. 
I'm sure that they were like, well, we don't want to make it a fail state because it, I think it's a bond moment when you open up the it hatch is. and you drive the Aston yeah, Martin I, in. I think so. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm sure I, they were uh, like, well, we don't want to just immediately fail them for not putting the car into the truck. You know? Yeah, my, my James Bond was less cool than yours. What can I say? He drove the truck. I can't hey, imagine driving the truck. You have to chase cool. somebody in a certain <laughs> yeah. time limit. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, was, uh, it was pressure, I'll say. It was, it was intense. Yeah, that's, not for the right reasons, but it was. Intense. I would say that's a cooler James Bond because my James Bond was like, "I'm just gonna take my cool car," and your James Bond was like, "I'm gonna use the tools around me and win." Yeah, I, I, was, <laughs> I win. was doing Dalton slash Daniel Craig Bond, and you were doing, you know, Roger Moore slash. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was. I was playing Moonraker. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 and I, I know every so often this game tries to do stealth, and this is one point when you go in the Kiss Kiss Club, like. Stealth in this game never lasts yeah. long because even when you're sneaky, like you hit somebody and you kill them, they're like, "Hey, what's that?" And they come running over, and I'm just like, "Leave it. What are you doing? Leave them alone. Don't don't investigate." <laughs> yeah, it still feels like barely a, a thought. Yeah, in this no, because it's not. They're smarter than they should be, and you're not able to use things to hide bodies or anything like a Splinter Cell type game. So it's like they shouldn't have the abilities they have since you can't do any. You know, it's like yeah, you're right. It's just an afterthought. Yeah. One thing I did like was you get a sleeper dart, so I would like that use that. And then like uh, there was one mission where I sleeper darted a guy, and then his friend ran up, and then I sleeper darted him, and then a third person walked into the scene, and I was like, "All right." <laughs> There's only one mission where you can't be seen, thankfully, where the game makes you you cannot, which uh, is when you go in the race club part, yep. which yeah, is the yeah. dumbest freaking plan in the world that Bond had. But we'll get there soon. I I, I want to talk about when you have to go rescue Maya. A little bit like running around that mausoleum that you were talking about. I can see why that stopped you because this part was full of like traps where you walk certain you walk a certain point forward, all of a sudden doors break open and guys just spawn behind you if you're not yeah. expecting it. And you've got those snipers, and I think that also threw me off. I don't think I ever picked up the sniper rifle when I was a kid, so I was yeah. just like, I don't know how to deal with this. It's hard. I mean, I it's, got, it it was bad. I got lost in that level, which don't Same. ask me how, but like. It's just the back and forth, and then, like, I didn't realize you could go into that one section, or, like, you could climb the tower to get the key and then go into that door, so I was just, like, running around this graveyard, and I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very diff- It's a very difficult level, too. I, I, I can see why it stopped you. Like, I, I had a hard... This level, I was like, okay, this is... I had to, like, really kind of pay more attention and play better. Like, I was getting the hang of this game, but this level kind of beat my ass a little bit at first. Did there's so guys, much I don't know if I ever did it with the sniper. I think I did it with just a regular pistol. But like, did you guys ever like shoot a guy and the camera would follow the bullet, kind of like the Sniper Elite series? Yeah, a couple times. It's yeah, fun. I never sniped anybody if I didn't have to. Oh man, it was. It I was would cool. shoot people with the pistol. And for some reason, in a lot of games, because the pistol tends to have a decent range, I use pistols as sniper rifles when I can. That's fair. I don't know why, but I, I want to talk about this, the the real silly Bond villain. So you have this random guy who kidnapped Maya, who's a singer who betrayed him, and he has a metal arm for some reason. I don't remember his name. But, and uh, then he La Rouge. And then he gives her to some other random guy to kill. No, John Lee yeah, Rouge is the guy that. Yeah, that would the, be La Rouge. Yeah, that's the guy. He has a crossbow, and the way that he's going to kill her, I, I I find just amusing. He takes <laughs> her up to an incinerator. He all the way here to incinerator. Change her up, puts her on a hook, presses a button, and then you fight him while you two fight to press the button to stop her from going into the incinerator. And I'm just like, why not just shoot her? <laughs> why incinerate her? 
He wants to incinerate her, man. <laughs> he built it. He needs to use it. You know, it was just one of those, I don't know, that's a funny boss fight, because you, I mean, at first, I didn't hit the button, I was just letting her, she's like, James, I'm gonna die, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I probably should go hit that button, and I went and hit the button, and then later on, he ru- he'd run out of cover to go hit the button, I'm just like, maybe you're, I think myself, maybe your objective should be kill the other guy in the room with a gun, then hit the button, but hey, what do I know? And I thought it was funny. It was, it was very abusing to me. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize I could... Or I didn't remember I could hit the button, so I was, like, trying to kill him really quickly. Like, I saved yeah. all my Desert Eagle bullets, and I was like, I'm going to take you out, man. <laughs> I did that a couple times, too. It doesn't go well. Yeah, no. Yeah, you don't have... He has a lot of health for no reason. You know, you mentioned earlier, like, oh, you know, the enemies are a little too smart when you're dealing with stealth. Um, I kind of wanted to touch on something in general, which is the cover base shooting. So I, I, this is not a criticism of this game. This is something that like games of that era were figuring out. And certainly this one is, you know, more ahead of the time than a lot of others. But, uh, there is, you know, how with stealth games, everyone talks about as, as designers, they're like, you want to make the enemies a little too stupid because very, 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 very smart enemies with stealth are frustrating for the player, yes. right? So you mm-hmm. want to make them a little too dumb so that the player has fun taking them on. Um, like you want them to be like, what was that just now? Oh, yeah. It was nothing. I better go walk away. <laughs> exactly. It's more satisfying. <laughs> the, the enemies in this game take cover in such a way that sometimes I swear there is only one or two pixels that you can see of them when they are poking out from behind cover shooting guns. And it's not, again, I don't want to, like, leverage this against the game because this is something that you see all the time in that in games of that time, but it is interesting to study games like uh, the modern Uncharted's and even the modern Gears of Wars, where they very intentionally have it. So enemies are often definitely not completely in cover, and they are often, like, really sticking out or you have very easy ways to gain, uh, you know, height over them and just shoot them very easily because it's fun. It's fun to just see the enemy and shoot them sometimes. And that moment is often missing in this game because the enemies really are very good at taking cover. Yeah, they are. That is sometimes a little frustrating, not in a, you know, again, I don't want to be like super critical about this, but you know, it it, it is interesting to, to observe how the enemy AI takes cover in this game. Oh, and I think it, sorry, I I think like having them do that though, like where they're not like poking out is just once again, trying to have you solve this combat puzzle of just like, you know, oh, I can't shoot that guy from here. So like, maybe I should send my exploding spider up to him or, you know, like it, it, I feel like it's pushing you to think outside of the bounds of a normal cover shooter, you know? Did you use the exploding spiders much? Because I really don't. Not not this playthrough, but I do remember doing it a lot as a kid, just because I thought that was, like, one of the most novel things is just, like, (laughs) taking it up to a group of guys, and they're like, what the fuck? (laughs) I I only use it a couple times. I mean, it would have been useful for that, but I just didn't. I... One of my issues is I just saved them for things, I think, or I just didn't care. I, don't, I like shooting people. Yeah, I just, a lot I of like times the exploding spiders uh, feel like they're supposed to be used in very particular spots. Like, they'll have those little ground vents where you yeah. put them in there. But a, a number of times I found that I would bring the spider through the vent, and it would wind up in a place where a bunch of enemies that I had already killed were. So I, <laughs> I had already defeated the purpose. I had killed the people that the point of the vent was, you know was to be there for. 
Uh, yeah, I can I can see that. I was very amusing though. Like I I, I just enjoy, the spider. I used it for a few times when the game made me, and then I would every so often I would just pull it out. But I know it gets upgraded as the game progresses. Like that's one thing I I thought was very cool. Like they upgrade it where you get that like, you can shoot darts to trank people to later on. I think, mm-hmm. which I never used once. I just use it to blow up Same. people. Yeah, no, I, I like that you get these weird little upgrades throughout the game, though. I don't know, maybe there's... It, Splinter Cell kind of has a similar upgrade system where it's like, here's a gadget, I don't know, use it if you want. And I kind of like that. Yeah. I, and the next thing I, I want to talk about, I want to talk about that boss fight with Yakov, Yakoval, or whatever the hell his name is, the guy with the metal arm. Mm-hmm. So you you go to a room, a big uh, here in a big a big room with four with a bunch of different doors, and you and it comes in and says, "Oh, you have to shut down his power generator because he's protected by his shield." You have to get the four different generator rooms and shut them down, and you have an endless endless supply of goons just keep spawning into this into this area. Yeah. And it took me over ten minutes to beat this level because it is just well, I didn't know what to do. Like I, I found the first one pretty quickly. I found the second one, but the third and fourth one I could not freaking find for the life of me. Especially the fourth one, could not find it. Yeah. And you have you have to take a because the door is stuck. You have to take a spider bot, move a spider bot through a vent that is hard to see because you're in the you're mostly in the dark underneath somewhere, and then blows open the door. You can then go there and open the door. Yeah, I tried to send it through the door. I was like, oh, that's open enough just for you to go through, little buddy. And it didn't. I was like, all right, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I, I locked onto something behind the door and shot, and it yep. worked. The door. Oh, opened. that's what the speedrun guy I'm watching did just now, too. So, okay. Wow. Uh, that, wow. You're that would have made a lot better. The game. Well, let me tell you, that that level's a bit of a nightmare, though. You're right. Yeah. I The only reason that I was, like, prepared for it and, like, got through it no problem this time was that I played the game two years ago. And I struggled <laughs> with it back then. It's it's a bad level. Yeah, the it, it, is, it is the crowbar guys. Like, I died on that level once. Uh, it was the door where you leave, and then there's electricity blocking the stairs that go up, so you're forced to go down. Yeah. And I got just, like... Uh, crowbar blocked by this man <laughs> and well, he, but... like knocked me into the electricity and i died and then oh. the enemies with shotguns oh. are just oh man <laughs> they the shot... they love to shoot you <laughs> shotguns in this game are powerful and they feel yeah. really good too like i mean it doesn't feel good when the enemy has it but it feels good to use it yeah they they rocked my world a couple times <laughs> but yeah that <laughs> well, level is uh... up the crowbar guys, they have they have a, a bulletproof vest on, so they take more shots that you're actually supposed to beat them with melee attack. Yeah, but I forgot there was a counter in the game. <laughs> so, like, I would just, like, wildly go up and punch. <laughs> like, just like, I gotta hit you before you get me. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even realize there was if you, one. If you take out enough people with melee attack, <laughs> you get, like, special James Bond where he just takes people out in one hit. It took me you when that so uh, when you get in that mode, an icon pops up of Bond's silhouette, and it took me so long to realize what that was like saying. I was like, "Oh, I guess like you know, I don't know what I did, but you know, I'm cool, I guess, because I got this." <laughs> like, <laughs> speaking of just enemies, the invisible guys towards the end of the game, I was just like waiting for them to turn, like you know, turn off their invisibility. And then I would, like, lock on, and then I would just try to kill them while they were, like, visible. Uh, and it took me, and it it took me so long to realize, 
oh my god, I have thermovision. I can just turn that on and shoot these guys. <laughs> like I don't have to wait for them. I can just <laughs> kill them because I was in the last mission. I was dying to those guys so often. I was like, I don't understand how I'm supposed to like kill them faster. And then I was like, oh my god, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they're not. They're they're annoying. They're annoying as hell. Yeah. And all I could think of was Metal Gear Solid, where they stole but, the camel suits from from Otacon. That's yeah. all I could think. Of. But I do I do like that. Like you know, at no point like in my deaths did Q or M call and be like, "Oh, you haven't used your thermovision in a while, Bond." You know, and like give that hint. It was just like I was scrolling through uh, in Bond Vision to like. Because I was going to send a spider to kill some guys, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> thermovision!" I was like, "Yes." <laughs> I also like how you you can go invisible yourself too, but it uses up yeah. your battery a lot. Yeah, I think the thermal vision just has a really cool look to it. I don't know. It I, every does. time I every time I use it, I was like, "Oh, this is the most pleasant one I've used in a while. Looks neat." Yeah, that this game and then uh, the first Splinter Cell game have mm-hmm. really really good thermal vision or night vision. So <laughs> I, I regret I've never played Splinter Cell yet in my life. Oh, this is a good it's time to do it. They're all good. in 4K on Series X. Oh, they look amazing. Gotta get a Love Series X too. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Chaos Theory is one of the best games I've ever played. Like, But the real question is, does he go, Chaos Control at any point in that? Or? He does. And yeah, then he stops times. a nuclear war. <laughs> yeah, kind of, honestly, he does it too many times. That's, yeah, the, just, that's the problem. It's not as subtle as Sonic. Do you mean if he get captured, I can just go, Chaos Control, and he'll teleport somewhere else, and I'll be okay? I'll be nice. it's, uh, yeah, it, there's a dedicated button for that. Oh, and then I want to talk about the dumbest mission in this game. Not as a bad level, but just because of the storyline. So there's one point. It's a it's a stealth mission. You have to get you have to go find this race car driver, and you gotta you gotta impersonate the race car driver, get his costume, win the race because you want to have a meeting with William Defoe's the villain character, and you think the best way to get to him is to impersonate the race, and if you win, you'll get to see him. And it's a cool level where you sneak around the mansion. This is the one where they can actually hit the alarm button and you fail instantly if they do it, which didn't happen very often for me because I just killed everybody. But hey, if no one's alive to press the button, no one can press the button. Sometimes, like there was a few times too while I was playing that level where they would hit the alarm, but then like I wouldn't immediately fail. And so like I would just like get in a fight with a bunch of guys <laughs> and then I'd die. But, you know, I was like, oh. <laughs> So when one time when he hit the alarm and it was like you were spotted, I was like, oh, I didn't even know that was a fail state. Okay, <laughs> like sorry, game. <laughs> I just, and okay, the race car like that was a fun level. I really enjoyed yeah. racing, and I don't like racing in games. So I, I was surprised how much fun I had with this little race. Yeah, it's it's a it's a decent time, and it's not too frustrating. Yeah, you get that cool shortcut that you can take. Gives you a bond moment. It's not cool. It's on the map. It's just a little. <laughs> Instead of going around a corner, you just go like through it, I guess. <laughs> I also didn't understand why there's explosive barrels on the racetrack with you. Well, that's corner. just that's just international racing, man. Like you can push people in there because I did it once by accident. And I'm just like thinking to myself, why are there explosive barrels here? <laughs> like who has designed this race? Goal? You know what we need? Let's put some explosive barrels here at gasoline. In case people run out of gas, they can stop here was, and load up. It was Nikolai Diavolo. <laughs> that's how he likes his races. Oh yeah, that's his actual name for the character. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I couldn't remember how dumb a plan this was because right after you follow this plan through and you win the race, you get to the foe's character. He just pulls a gun on you and they arrest you, and they pretty much just capture you. Yeah, that it was, wasn't a really good plan because he knows who Bond is. <laughs> like, uh, I mean that. 
<laughs> I don't get it. Like, that plan only works if someone doesn't know who you are. But when everybody you meet, you go, my name is Bond. James Bond. <laughs> like, they're going to recognize you after a while. Like, who killed him? Uh, he said his name was Bond. He said his name was Bond. Like, uh, I mean, yeah. It, it reminded me of the book of Boba Fett where there's a scene in that show where he constantly goes, I don't want people to know that I'm alive. I'm Boba Fett. Yeah, it's the same dumb idea, like, you know, maybe you shouldn't give people your name in these cases. Maybe you should keep that to yourself. <laughs> so. uh, there was there was one mission where uh, you have to catch up to a plane while it's taxiing to take off. And I lost so many times on that mission. Judy Dench saying, the plane is taxiing to take off, 007. You have to get on that plane is, like, burned into my head. <laughs> <laughs> Because you have to make a jump off a... Well, one, you got the motorcycle, so if you hit anything, it's not going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. You have to jump yeah, over, you have to jump over something, yeah, too. It's a bit frustrating, for sure. It's very small time window for it, too. The game's yeah. mostly good about time windows, I would say. But, yeah, that, that was one that I remember being a little tight, for sure. Yeah. I also find it... You get, I think you get captured twice in this game. Because, yeah, you get captured, and they're going to kill you, and they take uh, Shannon, Shannon Elizabeth to a room to... Where you find a chair, and then you can you rescue her there, and then you do some other stuff. There was a cool part you used to drive on top of rooftops with a motorcycle, though. That was fun. Yes! I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the motorcycle in this game, even though it's, it's very, like, if you hit anything, it's bad. But it was, it's a really, I really liked it. The thing with this game is that it is so good at just giving you different missions that like I never got I never got bored of playing it. So like when I would sit down to play it, I was like always engaged. I was never like, oh, here's another driving mission. Oh, here's another stealth mission. Like I was like, oh man, I'm on foot now. And then oh yeah, of course I gotta sneak into this club to get this race car outfit. And yeah, of course I'm gonna run the race. Like this is great. You know? And then oh cool, I gotta like fight these guys to get my equipment back. Like it's just it is so much fun to play. Like, and it's so varied in how, like, the missions are that it's never boring to me. And that's a good sign of a game, too. And I agree. Yeah. I was never bored either. Like, I I was just, in, like, I was surprised how much fun I was having with this game. Like, first, I did not like it. When I first started playing it, I'm like, oh, God, what did I pick for the show? And then once I understood the combat and I understood the way the game plays, I'm like, okay, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I don't remember. So, I, how do you get captured? Do you guys remember that? Like, what leads to you getting captured? Where they put you in a stupid trap? In that, in the hotel? No, it's after the hotel. You get you you somewhere. You end up in the in the where you're tied up, and they're gonna have a drill pierce you. I don't remember what the context of the story was. I I don't. This game uh, story is. I don't uh, remember anything about it. I think it's when you find like when you go into that room for Shannon Elizabeth. I think someone knocks you out or something like that. No, because there's that's it's after that you have the whole part with the motorcycle. I'm watching a speedrun, so there's no cutscene. But something happens. I can't remember what now because it's irrelevant. But you get captured by the baddies by William Defoe, and you're on some underground plant place. And they tie, they chain you up to a wall, and then they have a drill that's going to just drill you. Because you know every Bond, why would you kill Bond quickly? The secret agent just we're gonna put him in some horrible death trap and let him just sit there and hope he dies. So you know doesn't work out very well. Because they take all your equipment, but they don't take your watch. Because, you know, they apparently didn't watch enough Bond movies, and you and your watch has electromagnetic right, you use the bomb on it. it out. I remember that. Yeah. It was kind of funny to me, because I'm just like, you think they know better by now. Take everything the guy has on him. Take his clothes, strip him naked. Like, he's going to escape otherwise. But it was just, it was amusing. It just reminded me a lot of, of Gold, 
Goldfinger, where they where they put him up to the laser, like you expect me to talk? No, Mister Bond, I expect you to die. God, I love oh, yeah, sorry, I looked it up. It's Heidi Klum's character that captures him. Okay. Yeah. Does it say how? No, it says after saving Serena, Bond reaches the mines, but is captured by Nadanova. He's not a very good spy in this game at times. But I mean, every Bond, every Bond gets captured somehow yeah. in the movie. It's a very normal Bond thing at this point. <laughs> you gotta have uh, to break free. So this game ends with you shooting rockets at a missile. Yeah. How else are you going to destroy that? How do you feel about that? <laughs> it's I, it's very 2000s. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would I would agree with that. I mean, a lot of this game is very of that era. Yeah. Yeah. Like, one thing that I remember, like, as a kid, I remember having so much trouble killing Diavolo. And then in this one, I just fired, like, four to six yeah, rockets at him, and he went him. down. And I was like, why did I have so much trouble with that? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I had the same memory, like, of having trouble with it two years ago. And I don't know why I had trouble with it, because this time, like you said, just had a rocket launcher. Maybe I didn't have the rocket launcher. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the whole point of why you're in this mine is because the guy is mining platinum, because apparently the nanobots can't eat through platinum, so he's making yeah. a bunch of platinum tanks. And, like, his whole plan is to take over, like, you, you have a level where you go to Moscow, because his whole plan is he's going to take over Moscow first and the rest of Europe and the rest of the world. And he's going to shoot nanobots at people to destroy their cities and something of that nature. Yeah, that level is very cool, because you get to go, like, you're underground and, like, all the tanks are up top, and you get to shoot out those pillars and, like, and cause them all to fall into the pit, basically. Like, that's, I don't know, that's still cathartic for me. <laughs> And I, I love how the way you stop the last tanks, like, you're like, you have to stop the last tanks, and there's a copter carrying a statue. Oh, yeah. Blow up the, a statue of him, and you blow up the helicopter, and the statue takes out the takes out the tanks and drops the hole that you made. I'm just like, maybe you should make the statue after you took over? You know, maybe you could wait. But nah, let's do it while we're taking over. That makes sense. You wanted people to know it was him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I thought it was cool that you're that you're in Moscow and stuff, and that Russia isn't the villain in this game. I thought that was interesting too, actually, because he's gonna uh, blow up Moscow with a nanobot bomb or something. Isn't he so, Russian though? I don't know, maybe. Something that's interesting is that Nightfire also has an extended sequence in which you are driving a tank through an urban environment, and it's just very odd that both of these games back to back do that. It's, an oddly specific thing. It's a Bond it's thing. It's probably because of Goldeneye. Like, Goldeneye has that whole scene where he's driving through the town in the tank. Right. Oh, that is a but good... I love like, Goldeneye. Do that again. Stop doing that sequence. <laughs> well, you know, they're probably like, hey, people liked this. You, you know how... Yeah, yeah. You know how all that stuff goes. Where it's like, oh, you liked that thing, huh? Like, what if we just did it here, too? And it's like, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that didn't bother me. But I get it. You're right. That's kind of odd. No, it was a fun sequence and it played well. I I didn't have any issues with it, but it was just like this odd thing where I was like, I I swear there was a Nightfire level, and then I looked up. It's like, no, this yeah, they did the same thing there. You also have (laughs) one level which is very of this era too, or hell, especially early 360 era, where you're in you're in a tank, but you're just a turret in the tank while somebody else drives it, and you just have to use the turret. I'm like, any game with a turret, like that was a thing. Any third person shooter always had a turret segment. I believe oh, that's yeah. how to do it in Nightfire is is the turret the sequence, yeah. It's just a thing of the best. I mean, because I played a lot of 360 shooters, it goes along in there, and then I maybe have we gotten away from it now. I don't know. I don't play enough I, new games. <laughs> I, we, we definitely have. Yeah, okay. you see that a lot. Yes. 
There is a turret sequence in Elden Ring. <laughs> You're riding a horse shooting arrows. I mean, that could count as turret, right? Can you shoot arrows in Elden Ring off a horse? Yes, I believe you can. I haven't played Elden Ring, and I ever. I'm, 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 I do melee, so you can pretty much do whatever you want on that horse. Like you can cast spells and stuff. So. Okay, I want to play Elden Ring, but that's not happening anytime soon. All right, so back to Bond. <laughs> and then you get into like the last couple levels where you're trying to get into like a secret. Ba- he has a secret base in Moscow or something. Where since you failed his first plan to blow up the Kremlin, now he's going to use a plane with nanobots to take you out or something. I think is his next plan. I don't know. It was an interesting level. Where you're trying to get deeper into the compound. You have to fight William Defoe's character inside a jet. Like you guys talked about earlier. That I had a hard time. <laughs> Dude, that fight is... Whew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that fight, I was like, just let me kill you. Like, let me be done. You and, hit- like, the problem <laughs> I had with it is that, like, sometimes they would shoot missiles, and sometimes they would shoot... Use the machine gun. And I was like, oh, it must be based on distance. Nope, it is not based on distance. <laughs> and there's very limited cover, and then once that cover is gone, it's gone. Like, you don't get anything else, but your roll doesn't do anything to get you out of the way of the machine gun fire. Like, so, just very... And then what what frustrated me was the steel girders, where I'd be like, okay, now I can shoot this thing, because it's not shooting at me, and I'd fire a rocket, and it would just hit a steel girder, and I'm like, cool. <laughs> I mean, I missed so much during this. And oh, right before this, you had to fight with Jaws and the flamethrower where you just got to shoot him or you're supposed to get behind him and shoot him. Yeah. I didn't have a problem uh, with that. Th- this is the section of the game that I, I'm honestly just less crazy about. I mean, I don't think it's awful. I think obviously the shooting yeah. is still, like fundamentally fine, but it's a lot of weird gimmicky fights like that. And then a lot of the standard levels are just very repetitive hallway y in this later part of the game, much yeah. more so than yeah. the first half. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, that last mission, too, where it was just, like, this is a single room, but you have to navigate, like, to this yeah. side and then back to this side, you know, so. I mean, talk about the, after you take out the jet, you have a level, okay, the whole jet, getting to the jet part, I forgot, you have to go through a really cool area with tanks and the old Soviet flags around and stuff, I mean, that, or maybe not Soviet flags, but they were just cool, I really like this part. And then, but you're right, like, it's it's after you take out the jet, I think, when you have a room where you just run through a long, endless hallway yeah, to get to a control center, and it's just yeah. way too fucking long and painful. What, what <laughs> this game would have benefited, like, more from is the ability to, like, climb over objects that you're, like, behind. So, like, that would have shortened that last mission where... Instead of going around to find stairs, if I could have just leapt over the edge, you know, like, oh, would have saved me so much time. <laughs> Not that yeah, it's like think... long, but, you know, it's just like, oh, now I have to go back and. <laughs> I mean, there's one part of the game, you know, the final level, when the final, you have to go through and hit these four switches to deactivate yeah. the missiles trying to launch nukes. But he, did, he took away the nukes and then put nanobots because, you know, that's where somehow. I mean, I, I think mean, he's not any, trying to blow up the world. He's just trying to destroy enough of it to take over. <laughs> you think people would learn that, you know, if you're going to take over a place, it's not that easy because people who rebel against you. Ask Rome how that worked out for them. <laughs> oh, wait, you can't. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what happened. I mean, you get you can't really like it's impossible to control the world through, through that type of thing. I mean, it just won't work. But again, I know it's a bond. So what am I? Why am I bringing real life politics into this? I don't know. But. Are hover chicks a real thing? That's my other question, though. Are what? 
coverage that's real. I mean, <laughs> the VTOL is a thing. There were okay. variations of that type of thing, sort of. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's as straightforward as like video games present that to be. But, you know, there's something close to it as a bit of an aside. I watched some of the unlockable making of videos that this game includes, and I've pulled a couple entertaining quotes out of them. Just a couple. (laughs) Just a couple. John, please. The reality of this games is very, very close to the reality of the Bond movies. Sure. Um, (laughs) Okay. Mia. I was handed this paper by a developer to read off of. Mia, he's a stud. He's hot. My mom knows who he is, referring to James Bond. What? (laughs) And Pierce Brosnan. I've seen other people take a crack at this, but this time they've got my likeness and they've got my voice. And I just thought that was funny because it is true that he hadn't voiced him before. But they absolutely had used his likeness in numerous volumes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's in Nightfire, Agent Under Fire. <laughs> yeah. He's saying it didn't look as good as he does. Well, also, yeah. those are first-person shooters, so maybe, like, you don't... Plus, Goldie's in Goldeneye! What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the world is not enough, my God. Entertaining quote. This time, they've got my likeness. <laughs> maybe he just never... He just wasn't... A, I mean, it could have been he just had no idea what video games are, and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm in this one now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he was... Uh, he was not previously... He didn't voice any of the other ones, so it's like he probably had no involvement. He probably signed a piece of paper at one point that said, you can use my likeness in Agent Under Fire yeah. or whatever. Well, it's probably more of that could have been something in the contract that his likeness, as long as he's making these movies, his likeness is on, so it's going to be used. Right. Yeah. Odd detail by the way nightfire actually doesn't use his likeness it uses the likeness of a random british actor andrew bicknell which is very strange yeah it must have been a money thing then and he does look a lot like bros in a in a weird way like his character model still kind of looks like him but it is apparently not supposed to be him it's Hmm. odd but remember this is the first game to have his likeness so you know it wasn't his likeness in GoldenEye or World is Not Enough, nope. I mean, I'm pretty sure it is, but nope, not to him, apparently. And it not is Brosnan's face on the cover, which is very weird of Nightfire. But in the game itself, his character does not look uh, like Brosnan, apparently. I don't know. It's very strange. Oh, wait, no, wait, hold on. This was this was Agent Underfire. Sorry, not Nightfire. Agent Underfire uses this British actor's likeness. Okay. Why on the cover of that one, the face is uh, not shown. Blurry. Okay. Yep. <laughs> well, and we should talk about, like, so after you take out the jet, which I thought would have killed William Defoe's character, then you have to shoot him in a tower with a missile. Yeah, then you guys were talking about that earlier. Then he just dies, because you, and then you have to, then you shoot the missile he launched with a turret, with the rockets. rockets. Yes, yeah, it's really goofy, yeah. It's an incredible sequence of events. And it takes, like, four to five rockets. It's a yeah. lot of rockets to blow up a missile. <laughs> Uh, it's kind it's a cool it's a cool story i guess cool game i don't know it's odd i do like that the last level is called everything or nothing that really amused me a lot (laughs) yeah but they always find a way in bond to put the movie name somewhere in the game and i think the vil the william defoe's character says i want everything or nothing he does say that and i'm just like but okay, I, I I get it. You have to find a way to put it in there somewhere. Otherwise, to Defoe's credit, though, he does keep yelling that. So, <laughs> <laughs> William Defoe is such a good villain actor. He's just a He's good actor. Fun. His character yeah, model in this game is weird, in my opinion. It doesn't look like him. There's something very off about it. I understand. I think it's I think it's the hair. 
Yeah, let's like, be honest. Yeah, his hair is really weird in this. In this, I don't know why they did that. <laughs> I don't know who was like, hmm, "This is a good idea." I really don't know who had that. Who thought that? It reminds me in Watch Dogs Two, the main villain in that has like a ponytail thing going on too, and it just reminded me of the villain and in, in quotes villain in Watch Dogs Two. <laughs> Any of you guys play that one? I have not. I, uh, I played it and I literally don't remember. I'm sorry. I <laughs> it's fine. No, that I I really like exploring San Francisco in that game, but just uh, like the story in that game is bad. It is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jason Vanderberg was the lead designer on this, and he wound up being the guy who goes on stage for For Honor during E3 oh, a lot. Really? Oh, I don't know. Big guy with the cane. Yeah. And uh, he also made Red Steel 2, directed Red Steel 2, and I love Red Steel 2. I stand that game. I wish I could like, but it's on the Wii, so therefore I can't like it at all. Oh, Sorry. no. I, I hate isn't the Wii. It on? Isn't it on PlayStation Move as uh, well? It, it was, uh, oh, I, I don't think so. Well, oh, maybe, I don't know. I, th- I thought they ported it to PlayStation Move. You know what? You might be right. No, that one still stayed on the Wii. Because it used Wii Motion Plus, so it was, like, really involving that. It was, like, other than Skyward Sword, the one big, you know, action game that used it that was actually really fun. I just have no... I hate hate motion controls, so I've never played any of the games that... I stay away from that stuff. Yeah, let me tell you, if you hate motion controls, you won't like Red Steel 2. Yeah, I mean, I just... (laughs) It it sucks. I mean, I know there's good games on the Wii that I want to play, but I just can't. And that's one of them. <laughs> There's other games, too, that I really want to play in the Wii that I just can't. Yeah. But there there are definitely a number of Wii titles that I am that I wish did not have to be on the Wii as a yeah. result of that. Yeah. Skyward Sword is one of them. <laughs> hey, that's on Switch now, though. It is. And the control-only mode is... Awkward. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I feel good. like I'm going to break my right stick when I play it. And yeah, controls I, only. I oh. just... I just do the Wii controls for that thing because I yeah. Don't, yeah I don't like the non Wii controls for it. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to say about everything or nothing before we go on to questions, comments, or memories? Let me look at my notes real quick. Fun game, not one of my top 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 favorite Bond games, but uh, a solid. Yeah. I before this, I definitely would have rated it as my favorite Bond game, but after replaying it, like it, there's it's it's really good, but. Yeah, I think the PS2, the two PS2 ones before this are higher in my book. Okay. The process for saving in that game is super annoying, where you have to, like, go through 18 different menus just to save. (laughs) Like, it was like, are you sure you want to save? Okay, what's the save file name? Okay, are you sure you want to save? Okay, do you want to overwrite this save? It's like, yes. I'm going to guess it actually went faster on the emulator than it did on GameCube because on GameCube, you sit there for like five or six seconds every time it's doing that thing. It was faster. It's it's bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I did not have that problem. Yeah, it's Uh, It takes a while. And then like some of the mission objectives, like I would pause and some of the mission objectives would have like proper grammar and stuff like that, you know, like... It would be just a sentence. And then others would be in, like, all caps, get to top of cliff. (laughs) That's kind of funny. I didn't even notice. I was like, okay. I did notice that on several occasions, a subtitles box would appear at the bottom of the screen that did not contain 
any subtitles. It was just a little empty box. So during the entire <laughs> opening like theme, during certain sequences where there would be special sound effects, like it seemed like there might have they they intended to have something there that was like music playing or sound effects happens, but then they removed it or something because yeah, it would just sit down there for no reason. It was very strange. Yeah. I I don't think I noticed that one. But that's funny. <laughs> it was, it was I didn't funny. notice that. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> all right i did get a few comments actually more than i was expecting because people don't it's not a game that i thought people would know about as much but people did first from the official laser time community i got from mark calzer my mom overheard me playing and spotted the voice of john cleese's q worth it just for that boy was that casting short-lived <laughs> <laughs> yeah and from Andy Ryan, really good. Also, check out 007 Bloodstone, which I wish they would have learned leaned harder into this into this style of game than trying to recapture the 007 GoldenEye fans. Bloodstone is really good for 360 if you never played it. See, I it's loved it because I love Bloodstone. That's me all. too. I love that game. So I should I should find it because I skipped it because that first Daniel Craig one was such a letdown. I think it was just called Quantum of Solace. It's a bad game, and yeah. I did not like it at all. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I skipped Bloodstone because I was like, they're just not going to do what I want from Bloodstone. Well, Quantum of Solace's problem is that they were trying to rush it to fit the movie, and they put part of Casino Royale and part of Quantum of Solace in it. It's just a really bad, it's not a good game at all. But no, uh, Bloodstone is a third-person action shooter that's I really enjoy. And I actually beat it in the hard difficulty. If anyone listens to this show enough knows me, I don't play games on hard difficulty. I played that game and beat it on the hardest for achievements because I was an achievement hard. Is it is it third person? Yeah, yeah. It's third person. Third person it's, game. it's a combination of an Uncharted game, but with the late Splinter Cell's mark and execute feat. It's quite fun. <laughs> okay, you got that's me. Because, probably. At some point. Uh, my my dream, I'm very excited for IO Interactive's James Bond. My yeah, dream same. James Bond developer is Naughty Dog. Yeah, like, uh, I think they could I, make a I won't phenomenal this Bond. I won't as good as a Naughty Dog game, but it is quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> I am very, 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 very excited for that IO game as well. It's going to be really exciting to see. Oh, yeah. it's And I believe it's going to be great, but, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's, that sounds exciting, because they haven't made good Bond games in a while, so they need to make a good one. I agree. And from Tyrone Lee Keel, I love this game. Played a bunch back in the day. Definitely the best Bond game behind GoldenEye. William Defoe is the main villain and the return of Jaws. Here's one from Anthony Garcia. I like the From Russia with Love game better, but this was still good. Apparently it had some kind of co-op mode that had a different campaign, but I never had friends around to play it. I know, I'm assuming, did any of us ever play it back in the day? I did. I, I did. I could not tell you anything about it, but I do remember playing this with my brother i like that game i think it actually has less frustrations than everything or nothing in a lot of ways i don't know if it's a more successful james bond game i wouldn't say but it's it's a fun time i, I really want to play it it's been on my list ever since game informer had it on a cover yeah, of a magazine it's, oh, wait, it's very I'm much sorry were we famous. talking about the co-op mode or what we were yes i don't, I don't know the hell i went i'm sorry <laughs> oh no you're fine Sorry, I was I'm looking to try to find a copy of Bloodstone in my area. <laughs> the co-op mode, I saw a video of it. It did look really damn cool. And it's something I really would have wanted to play. But I, I never... Nothing's co-op mode with my dad back in the day when I was a kid. And I had a good time with it. It's it looks hard, too. It is hard. <laughs> but it, I'm glad it exists. I mean, of course, I didn't play it this time because I don't play it. Together. I'm not playing with anybody else. So. <laughs> but... It, it's, I'm happy he's there, and I'm glad somebody mentioned it. And from O.W. Hobbs, I still get the song stuck in my head sometimes. 
I can see. I'm way to work a couple days ago. I listened to the song. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And from the I Giant Bomb, this. it's a decent song. Yeah. And from the Giant Bomb group, I got a few comments from Cody Borean. The motorcycle level was on the on the Xbox kiosk at Target. I played it over and over again. <laughs> and from Taylor D, I liked that game. I was it was I was too bad at games at the time to beat it, but I thought it was a solid follow up to Goldeneye as far as Bond games go. Uh, from Adonis Table, I thought Goldeneye was the best Bond game. Question mark. I think I made a comment about this being one of the best Bond games. And let's see. Okay, that's all from this group. Except for a guy correcting my my because I said over a decade in this game. From the and from the I watched the entire Oblood Super Replay group, I got a few comments from Aaron Cornwell. I remember playing the co-op mode a lot with friends and seeing how shocked the depth of the mode went for game time. From Antion trailer, love this one. Had some pretty nice set piece moments throughout the game. The original theme song is pretty weak though. Sounds more like the theme song of James Bond Jr. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's an insult, all right. And let's see from Andrew Lean. This is one of the better Bond games that had an original story separate from the movies. And last one from this, I'm gonna from this group is Joey Rosenberger. It builds upon one of the most boring Roger Moore Bond movies. A View to Kill has his moments and goes from there. Getting to photo play Christopher Walken, the student, is a brilliant touch, and those two are pretty similar. Yeah. And the last group I'm gonna read from the Jane Bond 007 fan group. I haven't posted in in three years when I did the Goldeneye episode a long time ago. Uh, from I can't pronounce this guy's name, but Ani Dima. The pot, the pot cherry and bridge level is insanely fun and outstanding, outstanding game overall. So satisfying to play through. The casting is perfection with Defoe. From Daniel Caristo, I think it was the best double game ever. It was fun. From Michael Beacom, it was super fun. The driving missions in the invisible Porsche SUV were a blast. All right, here's a good one. Austin Cooper, this was my favorite 007 game from when I was a kid and introduced me to the world of James Bond and made me the fan I am today. And last, I'm going to read from Jack Churchyard. I used to love this game. It was quite challenging, though. And for pity's sake, I still wish these double sub games would be made together as a PC bundle. Never going to happen. But I wish, but never going to happen. <laughs> and I think we should go to Shelf Stacker Box. And Nate, why don't you go first? Shelf being the best, right? <laughs> Put this in a stack. Okay. Yeah, until until this playthrough, it would have been shelf, but we can put it in the stack. Yeah, it's funny how this is what the show does. Is does you replay a game that you love, you go, oh, wait a second. Which is good, you know. I'm going <laughs> to agree with the stack. I'm, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I like it. I think it's a fun game. It's not one that I would display on a shelf, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and I'll go last. I'm actually going to put it in the stack also. I really enjoyed parts of it, but not enough to something that I can just put to that high regard. Like, I'm so glad I finally got it off my 17-year backlog. I'm really happy about that. <laughs> but I have no desire to probably play it again. I mean, I will probably tell people it exists, but again, it's not something that I would really recommend to people unless you want to play a game from 2004 with 2004-style gameplay. But I mean, you just described my dream game. So, 2004. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. I disagree. I I, I like games <laughs> when we got more into the 360 era. Is more my my style of gaming because it's I, easier. I, I mean, you know, keep in mind you're talking to someone who loves Sonic Adventure too. So you're right in that kind of niche area for me. Those 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 GameCube era type of games. <laughs> uh, SA2B was not as good as I I remembered when we replayed that either. But try it again though, and see if it changes. <laughs> uh, it will be a long time before I replay that or this or any of those games. Fair enough. I'm trying to get away from this era. <laughs> no, go further. We need to cover Agent Under Fire. It's fascinating. 
I do want to cover that, though, to be honest. I want to play that. Very also, we also, sh- you haven't done Eco or Shadow of the Colossus, have you? I did Shadow of the Colossus episode 14. Okay. But you I want to. Eco? I've never done Eco, no. Okay. You should do Eco. <laughs> yeah. I love Eco. But I, I never played it, so I probably should one day, yeah. All right. And I think I should. Oh, and before I introduce what we're talking about next week, next week we're talking about Star Fox Assault for GameCube Loss because I just want to. Yeah. Oh, and before I end this episode, one thing I do want to say is I'm recording this from a casino. It seems perfect for 007. Not on purpose. It's just I happen to be on vacation in, in Las Vegas at a casino with terrible internet, apparently, because at one point I cut out, which you guys won't hear. And at another point, I paid $15 for my internet access. So you should get a refund of $1. Well, let's see if I can get a refund because I thought when I signed up for it yesterday, it didn't tell me it's $15 per day you're signing up for. I didn't need it yesterday. I, oh. I went, I'm like, what? Midnight hit. And I'm like, what? What? So I'm going to go down to the office and see if they'll at least refund one of them. Yeah, this is a $30 podcast. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Dang. Hey, Sorry. I admire your dedication. You you recording a podcast episode from Vegas is really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> On vacation. One yeah. from and now I don't one from Vegas, so I guess that's my thing. Go to different cities, but you know, hey, at least in normal cities, you have Wi-Fi in your hotel, especially when you pay a lot for your hotel for free. But in Vegas, no, you pay more. Like the Wi-Fi is only good for twenty-four hours from the first time you get you sign up, and then it lasts like two days, and after that, you got to start paying on every device. Fifteen dollars every device you try to hook up. So only my computer is hooked up at the moment. I'm just like, what the fuck, Vegas? Everything <laughs> in Vegas breaks through you. So hey, I, hey, 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 hey. You're not supposed to talk about what's happening there. <laughs> okay. Uh, funny stories. Like we were, we were, we were walking around, and people are always trying to hustle you in Vegas. That's what they do. And I, I got hustled once by some really, really beautiful women that were like, "Hey, take a picture." I'm like, "Okay, like okay." And then they, they turn around on you like a freaking pair of piranhas. They're like, "All right, now where's the tip?" And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I'm like, "I thought you worked for the casino. What? what? What's going on here?" And I was out forty dollars. And after that, some weird ass lady later on, like the next day, tried to like has a little skit where she comes like, "Oh, look at my, look at this beautiful woman in this pink dress going to my wife." And and she puts a scarf out and she put your hand to the scarf and she's like, "Arrest you essentially." Like, okay, now you got to tip me to get out of this. And I'm like, "No, no, no, we're done." And she's like, "God is watching you and yelling at me as I'm as I'm walking into to get away from her." It was great. I wanted to turn around and go. I'm, I'm kind of an atheist, so I don't think he's watching me. <laughs> that was fun. I mean, she's like, what do you do this to your family? And I'm like, you just tried to like scam me, lady, pretty much. Like, you're not even like. It's one thing when I take a picture of the beautiful woman. I get it. Like, I get it. That's also a very normal thing here. People dressed up in costumes, where you take pictures with them and then you tip them. That's a like. I get that. Like, I can understand that. This was not like. No, I'm not paying you for coming over the microphone saying you're on camera and i'm thinking to myself we're all on camera we're in vegas i'm sure everything is on camera here like come on now but yes that's my short experience of vegas if you're still listening to this episode sounds like a good one it's i'm still here for two more days it's been pretty it's okay i'm not i will never if i can help it i will never go in the city again for sure <laughs> but, I mean, this city is definitely a desert you can't find a water fountain anywhere you go to like a casino you go to a mall nothing you have to buy all your water and it's all expensive as hell i believe that it yeah. just like irritates me because my wife gets really thirsty so i'm constantly having to make sure we have, i'm like so i'm like this is not fun where i can't find any like water it's just hard to find i'm like yeah i am in the desert so okay like i've been to chicago and other cities like yeah you can find water fountains at places but nothing here there's no and nothing it's so funny if you get off the strip everything gets like 50 percent cheaper too oh yeah <laughs> 
saying, but yesterday, I mean, some, we'll just keep this is short. I'll keep going. I was, yesterday, I went to some weird ass <laughs> club that I was very, very uncomfortable in. Like we went to some little bar. We go through a we go through a dark hallway into the into this bar. We go into a second part, looking like a freaking rave with people dancing on a cement block. And then we go up the cement block around the people dancing to another part of the bar that goes through a dark hallway. And I'm just like, get me the fuck out of here. And I left really quick after that. I'm like, I am not comfortable. And we're off the strip. Like, we're not even, we're like somewhere in downtown, off downtown Chicago, off downtown Vegas. I'm like, I'm not comfortable here. Time to go. One of our friends met a native here and he was taking her to some bar. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not comfortable with this. Time for me to go. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been to Vegas, so. You're not missing much. I did. I did go to Biloxi once. Biloxi. Yeah, in Missouri. Casino there, and a grilled cheese cost me seven dollars and fifty cents, and it was the worst. One of the worst grilled cheeses I've ever had. I paid nine dollars for a big slice of pizza, like a Shabaro slice of pizza. So you, you ate Sbarro's pizza? It wasn't Sbarro, but it looked like a Sbarro pizza. It was called. I don't remember what it was called. It was called Rip You Off. But it was nine dollars, and I'm just like, this is not a nine dollar piece of food. Hey, yeah, I'll get you. Uh, all right, and uh, Reese, where should people find you? At? <laughs> oh goodness, people can find me at uh, Outside Group Games on Twitter, and uh, you can also go to www.sidegroupgames.com, and you can also just search for my game, Throw Me in the River, on Steam. Uh, look forward to things. They're happening. Things are actually happening. COVID really messed with my ability to develop. I'm going to be completely honest. There are a variety of reasons for this. Some of them were mental. Some of them were not. There was a ton of stuff. I didn't make anything for like the last two years that wound up becoming anything that was a real project, right? So that was very frustrating. So it's been a it's been a rough couple of years where I just kind of have like after releasing Throw Me in the River, I've just kind of like been frustrated with myself and frustrated with my process. And I just want to say, like, I got that figured out and I am making something and it is exciting. Like, it's going to be a cool thing. So that feels really good. It's going to be a thing that does come out is tangible. (laughs) So these last few weeks have been spent uh, coding nonstop and just working on this new game. It's been cool. Hell yeah. What do you have like a release window? No. So here's what I'm doing is for Throw Me in the River. I worked with an artist and we kind of worked it side by side at the same time, uh, like collaboratively while I was writing, he was building art over that, which meant that he often had to wait while I was prepping things. And like our end goal wasn't always completely clear. So this time I am writing and programming the game completely. I'm just going to have it done. And then I'm going to go to artists and I'm going to be like, Hey, this is the game. Do you want to work on this? You know? And I think, That'll kind of, yeah, that'll allow them, like, complete freedom over what they're doing. They'll fully understand the full scope of the project from the beginning. They'll know how many images they are going to make from the start, you know? So that's, like, really useful for them. So, yeah, I I think that'll be, we'll we'll see. And then I can kind of start working on something else while they're working on that. So it'll, it'll be cool. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. If you want to hear about Throw Me in the River, you can also listen to our interview episode that we did a long time ago about that game. So that was a while ago. <laughs> Isn't there? My interviews don't have numbers, so I can't point to any numbers. <laughs> oh, and if you want to hear more Bond, we've only done one other Bond thing ever on the show, and I want to say it was episode because I did not look this up, and my internet is terrible. I think it's episode ten or eleven, so it's a really damn old episode. So I don't know if I recommend it, but go check it out. We cover Goldeneye. Ah, and I want to recover it someday because those old episodes are not good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what that was doing yet. 
All right, and if you enjoyed this episode, there are over 300 other episodes you can go listen to. If you can't find what you're looking for on Spotify or iTunes, you can go all the way back on Podbean or Podcast Addict is another one to use. Some of the other podcast platforms will have everything, so you can find all the episodes there. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. Only audio, but we are on YouTube most of the time. I post those pretty quickly, so check that out. I want to give a shout to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hath Fury, so follow her on TikTok, please. And give a shout out to my buddy who did the MCU roundup with me where we covered all 23 Infinity Saga movies. Uh, Bill Tucker, who started his own podcast, Gamer Looks at 40. Definitely go check him out, too. And I think that's every... Oh, and we have a Patreon. For a little dollar, you can vote in our Patreon. And right now, this current month is Star Wars poll. You can decide what Star Wars film we're going to cover in May for May the 4th be with you. So definitely check that out. I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time before my internet goes out. Bye, everybody.